Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to, uh, I think, Season 6 of This After Dark. Must be Season 6. Hang on, what year are we in now? 2018, isn't it? 2012. Yeah. Yeah, plus 6. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is our sixth year of operation. <laughs> we, we're catching up with Disneyland Paris, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Only slightly behind. Um, I'm, Just got home to close. What yeah. do we get for six years? Um, we should get some kind of award, like shares yeah. of the company or something. Well, if they're worth Fun, anything funds like... taken away, <laughs> yeah. it could be that as well. <laughs> um, right, I, I'm Nick, still, uh, and on this audio journey this week we have uh, going around the table. P. Does Paul Washington? Good evening, Mr. D. Happy New Year. And to you, sir. Well, unless that was to our listeners, in which case, fair enough. Everybody. And our, All inclusive. our wonderful podcast queen, Miss Boston White Amanda. Hi, Happy New Year. Oh, I've missed, I've missed all of you. I've missed I all missed of you. I've missed all of you. It's been far, far too long. I'm hoping the listeners will also feel the same way, but you never, mm. you never can tell, can you? Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. We've we were trying to work out when we were last all together, and I, uh, it must have been early December. I think that's what we we got it down to. Well, at least yeah, it's been a super December. long time. Mm, yeah, feels like it. I think I think the other thing as well is it's not just so much it's been a few weeks, but also because you've had Christmas and New Year in between that time. Like Christmas and New Year it doesn't matter what days it falls in falls on. The rest of the week just feels really weird because yeah, all your days like, are out I of sync. I feel like I don't even know what day it is. Well, I can tell you. I can tell you what day it is. I can't tell our listeners because it really depends on what day they're listening. Uh, but we are recording this on a Monday. That is like this is. True. I need this podcast so then I know I know what day it is because I know that we'll record on a Monday and then I know <laughs> where my week's at then. But without the podcast, my life just falls apart and I don't know where I am. Well. That's that's exactly what we're here for. Well, I mean that and, and trying <laughs> to be entertaining as well. Occasionally a bit funny, um, occasionally being quite groaning. But uh, there you go. Speaking of groaning, the last time I recorded a podcast was uh, that three hour, three and a bit hour epic with my best buddy in real life. So anyone that listens to that pop after dark, both both parts, thank you. We recorded that at one o'clock in the morning. And it, oh, I think it ow. told a little bit because, um, yeah, we finished. Like, I remember going to bed about ten past quarter past four. But the problem is, I don't know if you, anyone else has this on this podcast. Well, any anyone that does a podcast might relate as well. 
but I do I do get a bit of a buzz after I've done a record. Get a yeah. little bit hyperactive still, so I can't settle yeah. down straight after. My last record, I had that for two days. Well, yes, that's that's showing <laughs> off. And I tell you, before like before we start the show, if anyone isn't aware of uh, another member of the Disaster Dark, the After Dark Podcast Network community, is of course the Strike Podcast, hosted by Mister P Dubs. Yes. Yeah, we had a, a, a nice interview earlier in the week with uh, Michael Nathanson from The Punisher, our first celebrity interview, and it's it's going very well. It's been downloaded fairly quickly. It's nearly our biggest episode already wow. after 24 days. Um, so it's going very well. So if you haven't listened, go listen to it. It's really great. It's not just about The Punisher. We, we talked about him working with Steven Soderbergh and Martin Scorsese. And, and his love for, for Marvel as well, not just about him being in the series. Wow. I was super jealous when I saw that you'd got him on. But then I was, I was so buzzing for you as well. A really nice guy as well. And I've been like super into all these Marvel shows lately. I've been binge-watching all of them. And as soon as you announced it, I was like, no way! No, so cool. No <laughs> Um, but you might secretly be. <laughs> well, you, you might reveal that on the episode. You don't know unless you listen to it. Exactly. Now, I'd always, I'd always secretly hoped, uh, Paul, that your first celebrity guest was going to be me. Uh, but of well, course, you've been invited on. Well, of course, I didn't realise, of course, I'm not a celebrity, so it would, it would kind of be a bit of false advertising. Um, but that's that's great. That's a great scoop. And maybe Amanda, that that would inspire you for Universal after that this year, because of course, uh, in November of this year, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is. Um, that's how you pronounce it, by the way, Benedict. Like, Benedict Cumberbatch. That's the one. Oh wow. Um, he's uh, he's not coming on now, but he's uh, the voice of the Grinch in the new cartoon. So mm-hmm. you know, there's a tie in there. I'm sure. Uh, you know, reach out. She can get him on. No pressure. A race who can get to him first. Yeah. Nice and easy one. Yeah. And of course, over here, we'll try and get uh, Walt Disney on. Yeah. Not heard of him for a while, so I'm sure he's not got I think, think John Lasseter may be available. <laughs> I don't think the climate's quite right for that. He's got a bit of time on his hands right now. Mm, yes, we could, we could do, uh, yeah, get him, get him on for this after dark and try and coach Kevin Spacey on to Bob after dark. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. a winner. Um, anyway, it's just a shame else. Jimmy Savile's not around. <laughs> ah, now then, now then. One episode into the new year and Jimmy Savile <laughs> makes his return from the grave yet again. I feel like we should have put bets on about who was going to bring Jimmy Savile first this year. <laughs> I'm lost. I'd have put it on Craig. <laughs> I would put it on Craig to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is just the, the few of us tonight and, um, and I've forgotten something really important. Uh, it's alright, we are recording, that's not a problem. Um, but I forgot to get my drink. That is, le- how, that is how long it's been. I've actually forgotten what we do on this podcast. So, I forgot on my drink, has everyone else got a drink? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Fully equipped. In that case, I'm going to go and grab my drink now. Um, I'm going to start with Amanda, and then if we could go Amanda, P-Dubs, Mr. D, and then hopefully... I'll come back just in time to see what I'm drinking. So, uh, Amanda, take it away. Okay. Well, 
I'm going to be the boring one tonight because I'm doing dry January, which will shock everyone, I know. But I'm actually going to try and extend it a little bit, so I'm, I'm going to see if I can not drink up until I go on holiday in April. I'm trying really hard, so tonight I am drinking water. Super boring. But it's for the greater good. I'm trying to cleanse my soul so I can go wild for my birthday in April. Can you just drink a dry white wine? Well, my friends were having a a party a few days ago because one of them was leaving work. And I was like, I'm not drinking. So, like, if I I come to the party, like, I feel like it's too much temptation. I'll end up saying, oh, I'll just have one. And, like, well, we've got dry gin. We've got dry wine. There's so many dries you can have. And I was like, this is why I'm not coming to the freaking party. <laughs> so I abstained and I'm proud of myself. But tonight went like, because I knew that I was recording and usually I'd have my little routine of going to my fridge and getting a beer and then setting my Skype up. And it was like super hard for me not to do that tonight. This is like the first real, real temptation that I've had. Yeah, we just we just about sealed that deal with Budweiser for sponsorship. I think it just dropped it now. <laughs> I, I, I'd be right on it if Budweiser did sponsor me. I won't even lie. But I like yeah, it's not down, thing. I'm just like tr- like I'm doing things for my diet as well for January. So I thought the best way is just to put everything bad out, and then I can then yeah I can go out for my birthday. Well, I'm gonna ruin that. Uh, I'm sticking with the the holiday drink of choice. Well, really, what we've got left from the holidays. Uh, I've got a nice glass of Bailey's. Oh. oh. Just just Bailey's or? Uh... Just Bailey's. Oh, nice. Traditional. That's what I like. Yeah. We had a, a pumpkin. T- I don't know whether it was a, like official Bailey's or like a knockoff Bailey's. I don't I don't remember. We had a pumpkin spiced one in the kitchen the other week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. There's a few different flavours. I know they do. They do a mint one, mm. and I'm sure there's been a few other ones as well. I've yeah, got, um, I've got a. Um, by the way, I've actually been sat here since Amanda was still talking. Uh, with no, what I she just was actually drinking. No, not, not not for that. <laughs> what I meant is, is that um, I forgot how close I was to the fridge, so I was actually only gone for about ten seconds. I just wanted to keep quiet as if I've been gone for ages. Um, <laughs> I've got. Um, and my, this will come from Mark Spencer's other British department stores are available only just um, and I got a chocolate and coconut one which I haven't tried yet uh, that was vegan friendly it's not why I bought it but it's vegan friendly um, but I got a chocolate and peanut butter one uh, and that one is delightful yeah yeah, I saw that one mm. what's the one that Uncle Brown likes and Gavin and Stacey. Just when you think you've seen it all, they bring out Bailey's and Mint. Absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. I do love anyway, Mint Bailey. I'm also on the health kick. I feel that apples are good for you. So I've got a can of Thatcher's Haze Cloudy Cider. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Speaking about uh, Apple, I've got myself. Uh, a, a kind of, I've got some money for Christmas to put towards a present and see if you can hear what it is. It's nine twenty nine. Good night, pal. Did you hear that? Okay? It's some Mickey talking watch. It's well, yes, it is. It's uh, <laughs> my pal Mickey. It's an Apple Watch. <laughs> I I actually had my pal Mickey. Really? Yeah, I thought we went. Um, 
the year the first year we went um they they were everywhere power mickeys mm-hmm. were everywhere um and we wanted to get one we knew they were not sending them in the parks as much so when we was going back i bought one off ebay uh quite a pretty penny as well like i want to say about 40 or 50 quid like more than they would have cost in the shop they were taking about the parks so we took we bought a power mickey and we took it with us and um didn't bloody work like the things that it interacted with originally by the time we'd, we'd gone back out there it was only like about two or three years afterwards um that, that stopped it so it, it wasn't keeping you up to date or anything so it was a bit rubbish really like it would still talk but it wouldn't interact so um yeah it was a bit of a disappointment i sold it when i got back and uh doubled my money <laughs> so I, I don't know um Anyway, yeah, it's a uh, it's a Mickey face on an Apple Watch. That was so. My son uh, discovered the the Toy Story faces quite quickly on it, and he's addicted. And one thing I've learned so far is that if you do the animated Toy Story faces on your Apple Watch, it runs out incredibly quickly. So uh, Mickey will do for now. Uh, but I have got a can of Harbour Antipodean IPA. Oh, that sounds fancy. Yeah. Um, from North Cornwall, it is. Yeah. It was um, cheap beer that I bought just before Christmas. I bought a big bag of beer from, from uh, Asda before Christmas, and that was it. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so cheers, everyone. Happy New Year. Cheers. Cheers. Also, man, I'm talking about health kicks. I must do. Um, I'm, I'm now... Uh, as you recall this about five days into my new pescatarian diet yay how's it going all right you know i'm not really i'm not really struggling yesterday was the biggest test because um we have we always have a sunday roast so um i had to go and buy some meat for everyone else i bought the chicken for the wife and kids and i kept walking past it and going to take some of it off but not because i had a craving for it it was habit Mm-hmm. because that's what I would do normally so that's been the only kind of issue so far but otherwise no it's been alright actually yeah it's been alright yeah. so yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and keep it up for as long as possible and uh, maybe forever who knows who knows but anyway enough about that enough about us um, there's been a fair few things that have happened since we last uh, got together so I know, Mr. D, there was a few things that you wanted to talk about. So uh, why don't you kick us off? Okay. Um, just in the news, obviously this week. Um, well, previous to this week, Coco has been doing really well mm-hmm. and hasn't quite reached the UK yet. But in no. a minute, um, actually, I went to my my world of Sydney this weekend, mm-hmm. and they've got like a big uh, Coco. Full opportunity, so you can have your photograph taken with the characters for Coco. Oh, but yeah, uh, two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I think it's two weeks. I think it's the nineteenth. The nineteenth. Yeah, Yeah. I was thinking. But this week, interrupt for like one one sec because I just have a question. Like that, that annoys me really. Hmm? Because it's two thousand eighteen, right? Why are we still releasing films at different times in different parts of the world? Well, I can answer that. 
Okay. Like, I, kn- I know that one of you guys will know the, the, like, correct answer to it. Oh, sorry, correct answer. Oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll <laughs> take that back. Because the world's full of douchebags. <laughs> a selection of answers. You can choose the one you like the best. Yeah. Okay, so as I understand it, the reason why we have slightly staggered release dates, um, especially when it comes to animated films, is because of the holidays. So, um, you know, we don't we don't have Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously when Disney traditionally now release a big animated film. Um, so, you know, you get the summer and you get that. If you look at when Cars Three came out this year, it came out at the end of June. Mm-hmm. But we didn't get it until towards the end of July. And the reason for that was it came out the first weekend of the summer holidays. Now, on the flip side of that, we got the Spickle Me at the end of June, which America didn't get for another three weeks. So mm-hmm. it, that doesn't always correlate. But generally, Disney liked to have um, an animated film for the summer holidays and for the school break in the winter, which is you know anywhere t- between the middle or t- normally the end of January to early February. Um, now I think the other reason for that as well, because we sometimes get those films released at Christmas. Uh, we had Frozen, for example, released in the December when that came out, rather than waiting until the new year. But I think now that they're releasing Star Wars at Christmas, that's why they're releasing the those animated films in the new year because it kind of drags out the amount of money that they can make i feel like it's not even just like the animated or and it's not just disney though because there's a film that i'm so desperate to see called the shape of water and like Mm -hmm. i'm really really desperate to see it and it's been out in america for like i want to say a month now um it's maybe like three weeks yeah it's been i'd say it's been out about three weeks but that's a little different in that um well, first of all, it's not been widely released in America for three weeks. When it first came out, it was only in select cities, which is normally like your big, you know, your LA, New York, Chicago, that kind of thing. Um, so it was limited release. But I don't understand the whole thing with the Oscars. Because basically what they do is they, all the kind of what they refer to as Oscar bait films come out between November and December, generally. And they have these small releases. But we don't get them until after the Oscar season's kicked off. So those films come out towards the end of January, once the awards have come out. The Shape of Water won't be out in the UK until, like, mid-February. But because I'm so desperate to see it, I'm like, well, I don't want to have to, like, find, like, like an illegal stream of it. But I'm very desperate to see it, and I I would rather pay to see it at the cinema, Mm. or I'd rather pay to, like... It's not going to be widely released. I want to be able to watch it at home, and I'll pay to watch it at home. Well, why can't I just watch it the same day as my American friends? Because now they've all seen it. Yeah, it's... I mean, I, I, I do agree. Simpson. I don't understand... In the, it, it always used to be that films came on reels. Mr. D probably knows this more than I do. Um, but, you know, film was on film. And now it's digital. So now, um, when you go and see a film at the cinema, you're actually watching a download. Mm-hmm. you know 99% of the time um, it's a film that they're downloaded from a server so you know in that regard there is not a reason that they should be doing that but you know it's been traditional for a long time now on the flip side of that Amanda as well 
you know, whilst we get the Disney films a bit later, we get the Marvel films early. I know it's not the same thing for you, but, you know, when we get a Marvel film, we'll get that between a week and a half to two weeks before America gets it. So, we it always used to be that we was always behind on films. But now, there are some films that we get earlier than America. But they're obviously fewer. But yeah, especially with art house stuff, it does seem to be that we get things a lot later. And maybe yeah. it's because of, you know, it could just come down to the distribution. And, uh, you know, then if it's not a big studio release, then they've got to buy their time. And also, the other thing you've got to remember as well, is that, um, and especially, I, I don't know what it's like in America, I imagine it's it's fairly similar, but, um, you know, we are at the moment in the throes of Star Wars and Jumanji City. Like, if you go to cinema right now, Mr. D will attest to that in a minute, I'm sure, if you look at what's on your local cinema, like your multiplex, you will see that The Last Jedi and Jumanji are all over it. On lots yeah. of different screens. Um... My Cine World, I think, is showing about eight films this week. They've got 17 screens. Hmm. Why are they showing eight films? Well, it's because, like, most of those screens are taken up with Star Wars and Jumanji. So it's wow. what else they can they can kind of squeeze in. So I think, especially with, the, like, the smaller films <laughs> as well, they wait for it to be a bit quieter because they know that people aren't going to be able to see those films as much. And also, just because you like a bit of art house doesn't mean you don't want to see a blockbuster either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I I think we'll get to a stage, Amanda, I, I think give it about 10 years, and I think there'll be very, very little delay in... I'd hope so, because, like, I'm obviously from Liverpool, and there's a... A cinema in Liverpool called Fact that does show kind of like art house films and independent films a lot, and that tended to be where I'd go to see films like this anyway. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, there isn't a big gap in between them, mm. and I expected this to come out as like around the same time as in America. And then when I was searching for it, and it was February, I was like, "Are they kidding?" I tell you what, though, what will happen? And I remember this happening with the wrestler because I was desperate to see the wrestler when that came out about seven or eight years ago now um that didn't get released in the uk until again towards the end of january um the reason being is that when that film did come out the oscars had just been announced and there was all the hype around it so then people were desperate to go and see it at the moment and i know it's not right don't get me wrong i know it's not right but at this moment in time very few people know about the shape of water yeah in the uk yeah you know what I'd argue in America as well um, because the Golden Globes aren't really a big thing it's the Oscars it's always the Oscars so by the time that comes out and that film is guaranteed to get nominations right across the board when that gets announced there'll be the buzz around it talking so, about the Golden Globes back to Coco <laughs> sorry sorry guys it's alright that's okay. But, but Coco, I was angry about Coco too. Like, it was, because Coco I did win I was the Golden Globe. It did. It did. Did it just win the one? Or did it win anything else? Uh, just I the know, one, I won believe. the one for best animated film, yeah. Which is the main one for an animated film. The main one, honest, yeah. So. Yeah. But yes, so there was yeah. a massive Coco standee in your cinema. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, it seems to be doing really well. I think mm. it's made over five hundred and fifty million dollars so far. Wow, I, I know it's uh, it's like one of the biggest films in Mexican history, which is I'm not trying to think the of biggest surprise, the other one. but <laughs> no, I mean, I I, I mean, but yeah, I mean, when I was looking at the year end, it looked a bit low down, but it hadn't opened a lot of markets, so there was that going for it as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's been really well received. I can't wait to see it. I, we, we keep seeing the adverts for it on telly. Um, and I'm not sure if we're going to go and take my daughters to go and see it. I think mm-hmm. it comes out um, on a weekend when um, we're, we're going away for a, um, a couple of days. So I think we'll be able to, if it is that weekend, I think it is, then we'll be able to go and see it without the kids anyway. Um, which is always good because they won't ask any questions. They're not there. Yeah. But um, it means that we can go and see it and see if it's suitable for them because um, I, I, I just think it's not... I don't think it looks scary, but I think the subject matter for like a, a four-and-a-half-year-old is probably a bit deep. Yeah. I don't think it's going yeah, to be I mean, obviously, have, Yeah, I haven't seen that, but obviously deals yeah. with subject to death than that in yeah. in some shape or form. Yeah. And I think yeah. I mean I think he looks lovely, but you know, there are I know my friend had an issue with it inside out a few years ago with his son when he was about six in that he just didn't get it. Like he didn't enjoy yeah. it because it was probably a little bit complex. Mm-hmm. For you know, for someone that age to kind of try and understand exactly what the, the, the kind of messages were in the film, so you know, Disney films generally, I think, are, are kind of aimed more at the kids. Um, with the Pixar films, I'd say skewing a little bit older. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them, are, I mean, are obviously very uh, kiddie friendly. You know, the likes if you like your Toy Stories, but even something like Up, kids enjoy Up. But I think you get it, you get more out of the film the older you are. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's a good thing about Pixar movies. I think they they work on different levels, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was was a good good healthy sign. Film seems to be done well. Won a Golden Globe. Who knows what that would mean Mm. for Oscar. It's going to be the fault. The. the, 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 like the front runner for the best Oscar yeah. animated film. Um, well, it's up against Boss Baby, so whoa, I would imagine whoa, whoa, so. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> don't don't be dissing Boss Baby. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that film. It's right. Sea Turtle. Did that? Uh, did that get? Is that in the running? Oh, what's it? That, the Red Turtle or something, isn't it? The Red Turtle. Yeah. 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 Well, that announced, seems to be. the Oscars yet, have they? No, that uh, seems to be critically acclaimed, but yeah, I quite fancy that, actually. Yeah, but I've not seen it. But um, yeah, I wonder, there's been a lot of animated films last year, so I wonder what's actually going to be nominated because you get always get a couple of quirky, offbeat ones you've never heard of mm-hmm. before, um, and then you kind of get a few more of the big ones. Um, I'd like to see Captain Underpants be nominated. To be honest, I thought that was pretty good. I've seen it. Yeah, so, well, you, you're wrong target. Not you're the wrong target audience, but you haven't got the the people that would watch it anyway. See, I'm yeah. I'm often subjected to these things without even <laughs> necessarily wanting to. But uh, yeah, Captain Underpants is actually quite funny. Um, Don't worry, I'll I'll see that in twenty twenty two. 
if uh, if my current if my current trend is I've just finished watching Guardians of the Galaxy yesterday. Well, so we'll, we'll my come current trend is going to continue. We'll come, we'll come to that a bit later on. Can I, can I ask what you went to see at the cinema? Sorry. Can I ask what you went to see at the cinema, or did you just go and visit it just because you was nearby? Oh no, sorry, we went to see Hostiles. Oh, any good? Yeah, very good. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So Christian Bale hmm. uh, movie about uh, well, I guess the Indian sort of situation back in the 1800s. Pretty grim, you know. Quite a serious film, but very, very good. Because oh, I didn't sound like much of a comedy, to be fair. No, but, uh... no, and I made a laugh in it. That's for sure. <laughs> I um I went to see Jumanji or, or mm-hmm. New Manji, as it should be called. <laughs> New Manji, um, yeah. and uh, bloody brilliant it was. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I oh, saw you saw that. as well. Yeah, week before last year. Yes, uh, saw that. Thought yeah. it was really good. Yeah, a lot better. Than, I, I wanted to see it anyway, but uh, yeah, I'll probably talk about that more on a pop actually. But uh, yeah. just knocked Star Wars off the top of the the box office in the states. It has. Yeah, it yeah. Has. has. Did anyone get to see Star Wars again over the the Christmas break? Wanted yeah, I saw it in 3D. Yep. And I, and I did enjoy it more the second time around, which you you would expect, but some of the things that bothered me the first time around didn't bother me as much. I mm. think you predicted that, Nick. You were quite right. Yeah. Still, still thought the whole kind of casino piece was unnecessary, but hey, whatever. I think, so, you know what? did th- enjoy it. I think the problem is, is that it... The, the the side plot there is necessary, but I don't agree that the the whole casino bit is. Mm. Like I'm sure they could have done it a bit of a different way. It, yeah. That that bit just felt a bit elongated and a bit shoehorned in. I think the mission itself was important, but not the way it was necessarily executed. Yeah. Was so um, that's that's my take. But I'm glad you enjoyed it more on the second watch anyway. Mm. Yeah, it was good. Three D. 3D didn't add much, but it didn't really take it away either. I thought it was I thought some of the 3D was okay, but after about 20 minutes, I forgot I was watching 3D. Yeah, to be honest, um, I mean, I, I thought it was much better in IMAX 3D than it was in 2D, but I put that down more to the, the actual IMAX experience than the 3D effects, if that makes sense. Just the mm-hmm. quality of, of the IMAX screen and the, the projectors and everything like that are, are obviously superior. Um, so it was that that kind of uh, shone through for me. But, uh, yeah. The Tis After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Hi, this is Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, proud sponsor of the Dis After Dark podcast. How can you be prepared for your next Disney vacation? By booking with me. You don't want to be that guy that's stuck in the crowds, waiting in the four-hour Pandora lines, and being turned away at restaurants. Contact me at WPMagicJourneys.com. Tell me you heard this ad at Dis After Dark to get $25 off your deposit. Best of all, there's no charge for my services, so hakuna matata, because you will... 
Good stuff. Uh, what else did you have for us, Mister? Or was, or was that the main? Um, well, just kind of related to that, it was sort of interesting. Some of the um, some of the commentary around that because uh, the Coco director was asked after winning the award about the whole kind of John Lester piece, and she made some comments about um, the company working towards a better environment for women. Uh, they said it was a very diverse crew that worked on Coco. And uh, we will continue to move towards making it an even better place for people to create art. And then it actually talks about it, it being clear that we can improve. So obviously the whatever, I mean, whatever has happened around the John Lester piece, Pixar are taking it fairly seriously, as you would expect. And are actually um, are actually changing things. You know, one of the quotes from um, the producer Darla Anderson talked about making it a an, making it an environment as safe as possible. Um, so clearly, that that whole thing is is having some big ripple effects, and it'll be interesting to see after the six months whether Lester does come back or not. Do we think, I don't like to get too political, but do we think Leicester's coming back? I think it would be difficult mm. for him to come back. Again, he's highly thought of in, the, in that, that whole area, but did Disney take the risk? Well, yeah, um... That that's kind of how I see it. I mean, I think like like many people listening, um, you know, they they enjoy the work of Pixar, and I, I certainly held John Lasseter to him in, in very high esteem because you know Pixar was you know by and large um, you know the, the company that John Lasseter built. And without Pixar, I don't think Disney would necessarily be in the position that they are now as as healthy as they are. If you look at, you know, go back to when Pixar started to, you know, come out of nowhere, you had like Toy Story, uh, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc. At the same time that those films were coming out, you had an Emperor, uh, Emperor's New Groove and Treasure Planet. And uh, Mulan, um, which, and I'm not saying those films were were necessarily bad. I love The Emperor's New Groove, for example. But if you look at that run of films compared to The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin run, then the quality was was dipping, and the box office receipts were showing that as well. Disney has started to fall back behind again and I think without that kind of creative direction of, of Pixar and that relationship with Disney I don't think it would have been as healthy as it was and then obviously they uh, were acquired by Disney and then you know John Lester obviously come in and made a lot of changes and you know both companies seem to benefit from it so he's somebody that I hide in, I hold in, in high regard I think a lot of people do but that doesn't excuse um, you know, being inappropriate and creating a 
a bad working environment. And although I held him in high regard anyway, I had stories before about people that had left Pixar, not for the reasons that have kind of led to this, um, you know, six-month sabbatical, or whatever they're, they're calling it. But, you know, certainly in, in the working environment in Pixar, and that, you know, the working environment itself was not what you would expect from the, the output that it was producing. It wasn't always a particularly happy place. Um, so there was always a bit of a dark side there, but when you're a company as big um, and as out there as Disney are, and you know you can call Pixar a separate company, but it's part of the Disney umbrella. Do you risk bringing back somebody that high profile with the stuff that's been accused? Yeah, and I think as you mentioned that Nick, the obviously the working environment. Both men you have talked recently about the uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty documentary, mm. and I don't think Disney was particularly any different back then under Katzenberg. No, I think the the way I I liken it from the information that I've got is that um, you know it was very much a gentleman's club kind of environment, um, and it's not particularly diverse in both race or or sexuality um, or gender, um, and it was kind of stuck in its ways in in essence. And I I don't think Pixar was running differently really. And maybe the problem is, is that these these people that have come from these backgrounds are a, 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 a symptom of that problem, in that that's the environment they've come from. So they've not tried to change anything. They've almost carried on what they were first subjected to. Um, and the world's moved on. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there was a very interesting statement when this all kicked off. There was rumours that um, oh what's her name Quincy yeah. Jones's daughter Rashida Jones yeah um, who'd been working on Toy Story 4 and in fact I still thought was on Toy Story 4 um, she'd written it with one of her, um, her partners uh, and uh, they left that project so I didn't realise and there was rumours going about that it was because of how he'd been inappropriate to her. And she said, no, it wasn't to do with that. It was to do with the, uh, you know, the kind of the way Pixar was being run in terms of who was there and who was making decisions and what people were allowed to do and what people were given opportunities. And, you know, it seemed very white, very middle-aged man. And that was it. Um... Yeah, I th- I think it's uh, I think it's a shame, but I think it would be hard, as you say. I think it'd be hard for him to go back, um, especially after all the other Harvey Weinstein. And yeah, and, and let's be clear: for anyone that doesn't that hasn't looked into this too much, we're not talking about things exactly of that nature. Um, no. You know, the, the crimes aren't as serious as that. That doesn't mean that they're not serious allegations. Um, but just not to the same level as some of the things that have been thrown around uh, the likes of Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey and so forth. But um, they're still serious allegations. And, um, yeah, yeah, I I think it's 
a shame in one essence because of what that man had done for the business but if he's actually done the things he's accused of then I think it's a shame that um, it's taken this long to come to light Mm. Uh, yeah I just thought it was interesting that they were they're obviously publicly cleaning house Mm. you know based on some of the comments after winning the Golden Globe so yeah, I just thought it was uh, it was worth talking about. And also, as well, I don't know if it, you know this whole thing. Another reason for doing it is, and I don't know, PW, you might know a bit more on this. Is c- could this have any effect on the Fox deal in terms of obviously it's still going to go through regulation and approval and everything like that? Do you think that a uh, John Lasseter um, situation hanging around it might you know cause any ruptures within that? It might do. They might. They might have to look into how things are being run. Whether it's going to be a safe environment for anybody that's moving over. And talking about, it's actually come to light today that T.J. Miller from Deadpool um, is also being investigated. Um, I saw that. Yep. And he's not going to be cut out of the sequel because they're more or less finished ed- editing it. But they have said the likelihood is that he will not be back for a third one. And that's obviously going to come in under Disney by the time they get to that. So whether Disney have already had something to do with that, I don't know. And also, um, of course, TJ Miller was um, was the voice of Fred in um, Big Hero 6. Yes. Not, um, not, um, not the animated series, mind you, but definitely no. in that. And he's also... Uh, voice in House Training Dragon. So I wonder if he'll be cut out of the third one. Or replaced. And, and with voice work, it's it's a lot easier to get rid of someone. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think he probably would have been needed for a third Deadpool anyway. Um, I think they'll probably be using other characters by that point. Mm. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a huge loss anyway. Um... It's Sorry. weird how it's come to light net. Like, I heard this, I, I read a story about this a, a couple of weeks ago, about the TJ yep. Miller thing, but it seems to kind of come and go really quickly. But now it seems to have, um, as you say, today it's kind of exploded. And I don't know why there's yep. been a delay on it. It's, it's a bit weird. No, there but... seems to be a lot of press around the X Men at the moment. Right, okay. Um, so I'm not sure whether it's got something to do with that. Lauren Tula mm. Donna's been doing quite a lot of press over the last few days because I've been talking about crossovers and and things like that so I think I think it might just be press for already building up for, for Deadpool 2 and Dark Phoenix at the end of the year mm. Amanda I've got to ask you as the token woman on the show um, how you feel about um, you know these situations where uh, you know women are surrounded by uh, older men um, and probably not given the chance to you know do things like talk. <laughs> I mean, you're probably not used to it, are you? Let's be honest. Yeah. But, you know, I, I I did try to butt in at one point, <laughs> but I had myself on mute, and I was like, "Why are they talking over me? What assholes!" <laughs> We're just trying to make a point. Well, yeah, I was on mute. Sorry. Oh. That's, that's... But then you were in such a good flow that I was like, "You're saying the right things here." Oh, well, that's, that's at least good to know because sometimes <laughs> you just waffle and, and assume that you might be or not. I was having, um, I was having, I don't want to say a row because I don't, and I said I, I didn't say, think it was a row, I didn't want it to be, but, um, 
at the Golden Globes, which is already mentioned tonight, um, when they announced the category for best director, um, mm. Natalie Portman uh, was on stage with um, Richie Cunningham. And yeah. um, that's his name, isn't it? Richie Cunningham. Was it Ron uh, Howard? No, it's Richie Cunningham. Was it Richie Cunningham? Oh, right. No. Okay. <laughs> One of the same. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, so, so, oh, was that Ginger Adblock? Yeah, Richie Cunningham. Or, or Chris Evans. <laughs> or, or, or Mick Hucknall. They all look alike. Um, but, but when they were going to announce them, she actually made a point of saying, uh, and the male directors are, because yeah. of the fact that all the directors in that category were male. Um, and a woman on Twitter um, who uh, we follow um, made a point of saying about, uh, you know, it's good she, she stood up and said, you know, made a, a point about it and blah, blah, blah. Um, and she used a re- reference of uh, Patty Jenkins uh, as someone who should have been in that category. Now, who I was thought... the reason she left Thor? What, because she wasn't nominated for Best Pat- Director? No, Patty Jenkins was announced as the director and was then fired. Why? From the second one, they got rid of her. She was she was originally the director. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. I didn't know why she'd been fired. Well, apparently it wasn't working, but then that's ah. why Natalie Portman wants nothing to do with that. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was... Well, she was rubbish in it anyway. But, um, the thing is, like, oh, yeah. I thought it was a bad example because Wonder Woman wasn't that good. Like, it was probably the best made DC film of the year. I enjoyed Justice League more, but as, as, as a piece of, uh, of popcorn. But, um, you know, Wonder Woman was the one that did really well. But that, like, I would never have put that film forward as being the best directed film of the year, regardless of who directed it. It's not because it was a woman. Um, and I said, you know, should we? Does that mean that we should have at least one woman in there for equality's sake? Surely it should be done just on merit. And then she did reel off a few other films that had been directed by uh, by female directors this year. Um, although the only one that I thought might have had a chance is probably Detroit, um, which I hadn't seen, so I can't say for sure. But you know, Catherine Bigelow is a, a decent director. But I think, oh yeah, I think I think the issue is that it's not it's not that the nominations are being chosen from, you know, that, that women are being excluded at that point. I think it's that they're being excluded much earlier in the process and they aren't getting the opportunities to make the films in the first place. And that's that's actually something that I said. I said, for yeah. me, it should be more that there doesn't seem to be enough opportunity. Exactly. Now that, and that's a different issue. Now, that, that is something I do get on board with, but I don't think just because a, a category is full of men means that that's, that's wrong or right because it should be based on that. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to see Patty Jenkins in there because she had the highest gross in film directed by a woman. No. That, to me, wouldn't have made sense other than it's a box-ticking no, exercise. I, feel, I, don't I feel like that's then right. that's just segregating it more. Yeah, yeah, that's drawing attention to the fact even more. Um, yeah. I, I, but I think women do need to be given more opportunity than that um you know if nothing else they they proved this year that women can direct decent superhero films and you know i mean to be fair she probably dodged a bullet with thor too because it was rubbish 
Yeah. I don't know who'd come in and replace her, but it was rubbish anyway. So... Yeah. <laughs> Clearly it wasn't going to work with anybody. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't think it should, I don't think it should be token suggestions there. I think it should purely be done on merit. Um, but I think it's a shame that there's not more opportunity. Maybe that's something that Hollywood should be looking at. Maybe this whole thing with this empowerment that we've been seeing for the last six months or so, this kind of movement as, as it were, maybe the main benefit from this is that we start to get more more equal opportunities out there. We probably won't. It'll probably be forgotten about in a year's time as most things are, but that to me would be the perfect ideal from this situation is that we start to see women, and you know what, not even just women, but maybe parts of society that aren't given that equal opportunity um, are, are given that. There's not yes. enough black directors. There's not enough women directors. Um, there's not enough foreign directors in in Hollywood either. Um, you know, I can think of like maybe a handful tops. Um, I just think people should be given more more free reign to do so. Yeah, but, I agree. Yeah. And so, I feel like everybody should be celebrated for the hard work that they do. Regardless of who they are, or the gender, or the race, or whatever, uh, if you put the work in and you've made something amazing, you should you you should all get the same kind of celebration for it. Yes, absolutely. Well said. There's nothing more patronising than when you see um, someone congratulate Wonder Woman because it's directed by a woman. Congratulate for being a good film. Yeah, Pointing out that, that that's the main thing is is actually almost drawing attention to it in the wrong way. In a way. Um, right, so the anyway. second news that's the first news article right? <laughs> <laughs> the second one was somewhat connected so I'm going to skip that completely we can come back to it later maybe somebody else will raise it going to switch gears totally and go to the parks and the big news really big headline in news is the circle of life and environmental fable is, is going to close on February the 3rd Oh, yeah. Good news. The good news, though. <laughs> sounded absolutely devastated there, Amanda. Oh. You know what? I, I, I am sad about it, but I just haven't, yeah. haven't been to see it. For the, I, I couldn't even tell you the last time that I went to see it, honestly. Yeah. And every what time is... that I'm in, in the land, I think to myself, oh, it's really hot, maybe I'll go and see Circle of Life. And then I just don't. And then you Very say sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that I go to Zorin or, or go and live with the land instead. Yeah. I mean, very often it isn't open. We we did try and go and see it a couple of times, but it it, it closed pretty early actually. Um but I mean it's it, it was a it was a good film, I thought, in its time, but it's been around for twenty years, that's a long time for for that sort of material to, to stay fresh. It's and, no uh, Muppet Vision. It's no Muppet Vision now. <laughs> Time-wise, that's nothing. 20 years. Yucky, yucky. I don't think I've ever seen it. Haven't you? I, don't I have neither. So. What, what, what? So uh, in the land? Yeah. So as, as you enter the land pavilion, mm. okay, um, you've got Soren, which is downstairs on your left, right? Uh, the Circle of Life was on the right-hand side down one level from where you come in, in the in the corner at the back. So right hand side, back corner. 
Hmm? Was it a theatre or something? It was in a theatre. It was on a little uh, waiting area, and then and then movie theatre. Oh, and and it I was. I did see it. No. Yeah, it was. It was a pretty good film. It had some good messages, and and it's time when when Lion King was was a big film. You know, it used the Lion King characters quite well. I thought. It'd be a big film in but, two years' time. Yeah. Well. Could could be a, an opportunity to uh, to do something, but it's going to close. And according to Disney, that space is going to be used to host student workshops and performances, beginning on the 9th of February. So but if now. you want to see it, third of February <laughs> is your last chance. The good news for P Dubs is it means it's a new T-shirt to add to his collection of. Uh, oh God, could, no! It could be. <laughs> No, 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 thank you. It should be recyclable, you know, it should be environmentally friendly cotton. <sighs> Means I can use it to wipe my bum. <laughs> oh, you... that's mean. <laughs> you could if you like, but. Well, allegedly as well, I don't think I've seen official confirmation, but um, just before that closes, I believe that Stitch's Great Escape is definitely going. It's already gone. It's gone, I thought, wasn't it? It go yesterday. A hundred percent this time, though, because we saw the last time, and then when I got there, it was a character meet and greet. It is a character meet and greet now. Forever now. No, for now, until they start doing the new attraction and the... Start doing the Wreck-It Ralph attraction. Okay, so then it's not going to open up again. No, they've already taken everything out. Hmm. Stitch has left the building. Officially on on the king's birthday. Yes. King Ralph's birthday was today. Who's the only king I care about? Um, Thank you very much. Oh. Does, um, well, I, I'm, I'm guessing no one's that bothered about the, the, the close of uh, the circle of life. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure that I saw um, people speculating that all these performance things will be for a little bit, but what they think it's really closing for is for the Brazil pavilion that we think we're getting. Well, hang on. But they're not, like, surely, what, where the land is? Mm, obviously, like, that wouldn't go there, but they wanted a clear space somewhere. Maybe there's some backstage yeah. areas. I mean, mm. it probably does... This theatre probably projects out the back. It's not a particularly big mm. space, but maybe, yeah, could be. Hmm. That's what made it more interesting to me. Like, sad that it's going because it's been there for a long time, but I won't really miss it because I haven't been there in a long time. But the thought of a new pavilion is exciting. Does anyone know? This is where we lose the listeners, if we, if they'd already turned off already. Does anyone know why we've got an American pavilion? To celebrate American history. Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, it's kind of the host... Mm. The host country, really, isn't it? I mean... I just... And it's, it's, it would be... It would probably be seen as a big negative if you were an American... In Walt Disney World, and America wasn't represented in the World Showcase. 
Except be. for you're in the bloody country. I, I know, but you're you're missing from World Showcase as a representation, so mm-hmm. it's a tribute to all countries, but mainly America. Mm. You know what, though? I've always wondered why they don't have the Hall of Presidents there mm. instead of in Magic Kingdom. I honestly thought mm. that the... the, the um, because I've not been in the, the American Pavilion. I walked through it, but I've never gone inside it. Mm. And I thought that's where the Hall of Presidents was for years. Mm. It wasn't until I started hanging around with people that actually know their stuff that I realised it wasn't. <laughs> like, it makes then? so much more sense for it to be there, so I, I don't know why it's not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing... I mean, obviously, it's in Liberty Square, but other than... You know, there's nothing much else in Liberty Square. I mean, you've got the recreation, the um, replica of the Liberty Bell, and then you've got the the actual buildings themed to that period. But other than that, there's no other attractions. No. Haunted Mansion's counted as Liberty Square. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but Haunted Mansion's got nothing to I do with Liberty Square. Like, honestly, I'd... I'd... Well, I wouldn't bother if they took Liberty Square out altogether and replaced it with a new land. Because hmm. there, there actually isn't anything there other than Haunted Mansion, but like we say, that could slot into any kind of land, really. I think it could. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it could. It, it, I guess it could equally have, have gone in there, but you've got um, American Adventure, which is which is a pretty good show. I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's it's not the sort of thing that we do every time but we probably see it every couple of years and the um, was it the Liberty Voices, Voices of, of Liberty. Liberty I mean they are really good you know um, I can't listen to them for like hours on end but for, for a ten, 10 minute show they're pretty good hmm. but other than that I mean what, what I find strange is that they, there isn't, you know, from a food point of view, there's a quick service and that's it. Now, I know that you could argue, well, what is American cuisine? But I just think it would have been an opportunity to showcase, even if it was just the best of modern American cuisine, but there's nothing other than fast food. Well, maybe, that, <laughs> I think you maybe that's the representation, you know. But, I mean, it is, it's burgers and hot dogs, which is they could have had, associated like, with America. Famous- Dishes from each state, if they wanted to, that would have been super cool. Yeah, correct. Yeah, uh, even... deep fried butter, uh, deep fried donuts. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it just seems it just seems odd that some of the other countries have got a quick service and a table service. Many of them, and there isn't an America, which is kind of the host the host country. Just seems like an opportunity wasted. But is it the smallest pavilion? I wouldn't have thought so. I don't, I don't know. know. It might be. It doesn't take up that much room. I'm trying to picture it because I've not been, obviously, not been for a while. Yeah, like it's, the... it's wide, but it doesn't go back very far because it's in the middle. Mm. But then they've but got it... like the whole stage bits in that in that area too. Yeah, yeah. You've got the the theatre at the front where they host the um, like candlelight procession and things like that. So that's all counted as the pavilion and the ship as well, isn't it? ship that's docked in front of the lake. Mm-hmm. 
I think all of that's counted as the American Pavilion. So, you know, in terms of square yardage or whatever, it's it's a pretty decent chunk of real estate. I mean, the thing, I mean, I've never looked into it actually, but I mean, obviously they should all be the same size in theory, um, you know, to make them equal. But I, I, they never felt equal to me. Some did seem a bit different to others in terms of size. Mm. Oh. Yeah, I agree. Some some definitely feel a lot smaller. Mm. Some of them are huge. When you look at places like China yeah. and Japan with those huge, great big shops that go all the way along. Mm, mm-hmm. They are massive shops. Yeah. Dead. yeah. I'm trying to think of of the countries and everyone I'm thinking of. I'm like, no, actually, that's really big, and so is that. Yeah, because I mean, Mexico doesn't, on first glance, doesn't look huge, but actually, again, it's massive. I'd maybe say that like Africa is the smallest then. Yeah, it's not really officially a a country in World Showcase, though, is it? It's just like a little African corner. But yeah, it's the smallest. It's the smallest yeah. area. Yeah, you're right. Oh, and Africa's not a country either. That's true. Mm. Yeah, don't don't mess with this guy. I got a C in geography. Well, I'm I'm rubbish at geography. I'm just gonna tell you. Of course, female. It's not C in geography, mate. It's not C in geography. On a show we talk about women's equality, I make the most yeah. sexist, obvious joke. Mm-hmm. So, right, you got a sad nav. It's all right. It's all good. I'm sure you have. Amanda, uh-huh. I wanted to make sure you had a platform. Uh-huh. Was there any news that had caught your eye recently that you thought maybe we hadn't spoken about before Christmas? I mean, it doesn't, it's not a news piece, really, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about the Addison. Hmm. You mean tooth sums? <laughs> you know, right. I thought... I thought that a little bit in the beginning, but now that I've seen a lot more of it, I'm really liking it. I think it's really different because, for one, Toothsome does not have burlesque dancers. So, uh, say what now? Yeah, yeah, like that. That's that's very different for Disney. <laughs> Apparently, as you enter, yeah, up the stairs. And also, for my universal friends, our friend Chance, or Erin, opened it on New Year's Eve. So she was the entertainment to open open the venue, and she looked amazing. And then you've got all these burlesque dancers, you've got performers, like, coming down from the ceiling doing all acrobatics and things. It looks crazy. Did I have their tartars out? Um, well, you can't show that on YouTube, so I don't know. I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to say don't go that far. Okay. But... It is Disney, after all. Well, yeah, yeah and I just thought... You're going to have some modesty. We've been we're on an awful uh, equality road trip tonight, and then we're talking about burlesque dancers and, you know, me asking about tartars. Um, so, I don't know why I'm being so PC tonight, but I... Um, so, I didn't realise it actually opened. Well, it... It had like a an event on New Year's a, a Eve. Soft and, opening. Yeah, and okay. now it's doing. It's been having soft openings for meals for I believe families of um, cast members. Mm-hmm. 
if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they're going to be doing soft openings for a little bit longer, and then it's going to officially open. But it looks amazing. It looks so cool. And is a speakeasy opening up at the same time? I'd imagine that it would be. I don't think it is. No? I think it's only upstairs that's open to start with. I think the restaurant's open, the the pizza restaurant. Yeah. Uh, but the speakeasy underneath, I think, is a couple of weeks behind. Okay. Well, I don't mind. I don't mind it being a bit of a staggered thing because then we get like two exciting pieces to talk about and to look at. But this has really made me want to go to Disney Springs at night now. So are you, because obviously you're the next one of us to be going within the vicinity. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that you'll be taking a trip there when you are out there? Yes. So I have been planning that today. So I've decided that I'm going to take a trip there on my birthday night. Oh. By which time the speakeasy should be open as well. But... My favourite thing about this is that there's no strictly no kids allowed after 10. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's obviously because the burlesque dancers won't come out until after 10. Mm. But that's, that's interesting to me. Yeah. As a person who obviously doesn't have kids and I go on holiday, tend to be with my family or my friends or wherever... I like this idea. So I can still have a little bit of Disney, but I don't... Nothing against kids. I love kids. love everyone else's kids. Your kids are all really nice, but... Don't you yeah. say that. You've not met my kids. <laughs> but I'm sure that from from where I am, they're very nice. They are the lie, actually. They are the lie. <laughs> I, I, no. I am biased. But, you know, sometimes if, you, if you're on an adult holiday, you do want to be able to go to places where it is just adults. Well... I think that's what's been missing yeah. from, and I still call it Downtown Disney, because mm-hmm. I I missed that boat, really. Um, the first time we went, everything was in full flow, and I didn't really know what any of the stuff was. So I didn't know, you know, I walked past the Adventures Club, I had no idea what it was, and I walked past the Comedy Warehouse, and uh, what was the uh, the disco? Pony Island? Yeah. Yeah, no, but it was uh, yeah. like a 70s. Was it Eat Track? H, I think you might be right, actually. Might yeah. be an track. Um, but all these things that we didn't really pay much attention to. Um, and when we next went out, knowing a bit more about them, um, they'd started to close off. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really go. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think since that, that whole bit's gone, the only place for you to really go at night is a restaurant. Yeah. Not re- you know, and that, and that's and that's fine if that's what you want to do, but that's all you could do. You know, you wouldn't hit a lot of those places just to go to the bar, because generally the bar in those places isn't huge. Now, if you like think of like a Planet Hollywoods or somewhere like that, you're not going to spend all night in there like you would do a nightclub mm-hmm. or or an actual bar. Do you know what I mean? It's a bar restaurant. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's I think it's good, and, and hopefully I hope it works out. Because I, I can't see why not. Because I mean, it's it's very heavily themed, and like I really like that. I like I like going to themed places. There seems to be, and I don't know if this is going to be an every night kind of thing, but there seems to be an awful lot of entertainment on. Yeah, I like so they have that. 
a band, they have a singer, they've got the dancers, they've got the acrobats. Like, there's there's a lot going on. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, I'd rather say it just like actors are gone. I was just thinking that, yeah. I was trying to figure out something smart to say about that. You come up with nothing. No, you don't need to say anything smart. It's Disaster Dark. But <clears throat> that is actually a good segue because Lanuba did close on, I think it was New Year's Eve, wasn't it? It was the last show. Yep. Um, and they've not actually announced a replacement yet, have they? Well, they kind of did. They've, they've hinted at. That it's Disney Animation, but that's it. Now, have they said? Because I don't think I've read that anyone's admitted to it. So it's not another Cirque production, is it? Yes. Oh, it is a Cirque production. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's Disney Animation. Yes. So apparently. in that case, it could be the Avatar one that we were talking about. <laughs> No, I believe they said it was a, a completely new production, which oh, is okay. why we're not going to see it for a while. Wait, what do you mean? Like, is it is it still going to be a, a show like a circ kind of show or something yeah, completely yeah. completely different? No, it's still going to be because uh, it as we know it, but. Um... Involving Disney animation characters. Huh. Hmm. Music. Get some music and maybe projecting some stuff at certain points, maybe. Don't know. It could just be... I imagine it will be... It'll be very similar to what we've seen from Avatar and and the likes and the Michael Jackson one and the Beatles one, I would assume. I was going to say, like, Cirque have, you know, have now been doing... I mean, the majority of their stuff is still their own stuff. But, and you mentioned a few there, Paul, you know, they've done the Beatles, they've done uh, Michael Jackson, they've got an Avatar show that's travelling at the moment. Uh, They had an Elvis one that didn't really do very well. But the fact is, is that they have done shows or do shows around IPs. So... I, you know, it wouldn't be a stretch for them to do something. I think it would be pretty good, actually, as well. And I think, in some ways, that might... I mean, I don't know what the Nuba... It lasted a long time, so it can't have been doing that badly. But you do have to wonder how many people might have been put off by the fact that it was just a, you know, in a way, basic Cirque du Soleil show. There was no kind of hook. And this one could literally have Captain Hook. Um, we don't know. But do you know what I mean? Like, because it didn't have any connections or anything, that may have possibly hurt it. Yeah. With some people. I don't know. It's been interesting to see doing a show based on Disney crap movies. Like, oh. Lone Ranger. Home and Away. Home and Range. It'd be Home and Range, that's it. It'd be a stroke of genius, really, because you go and see it anyway, because it's sort of disolay, but then it would be a way of re-promoting some of the crap movies and merchandising some of them. I think it's genius. I still can't believe they haven't done Oliver Company on Ice. (laughs) 
maybe that's what it will be. That's what the Thatcher says. Oh, does be. two black... cans of that. So, so they present. So, so they present uh, the black cauldron. <laughs> the black hole. Or the black hole. Yes. Speaking of black holes, P Dubs. Yes, that was the uh, worst little bit of Disneyland Paris news. <laughs> yeah, I hope I'm not a black hole. Otherwise, it's all over. Um, <laughs> Might be after tonight. <laughs> little bit of Disney, little bit of Disneyland Paris news. Well, quite a bit actually, and I think we'll touch on the big one at the, at the end. I'm sure Nick wants to talk about it as well. So let's start with the smaller stuff. Uh, the Happy Haunts of Disneyland Paris have gone on vacation for uh, the better part of a year. As of yesterday, uh, Phantom Manor is is closed until October now. Uh, well, I've seen September. For, for, uh, apparently, it's October. It's oh. going to be after the the half marathon weekend. Well, That's that, a really uh, long refurb. Hmm. Yes, and, refurb. and it's it being. I don't think it's just a refurb. Oh, really? What? I, I think I think it's going to change. I think they will try and implement... I still think it'll be Phantom Manor, but I think they're going to try and implement a better storyline. I... There's no no way it's going to be down for 10 months and all they're doing is a refurb. I don't know, because, I mean, they could... You know, if you're talking about an extensive... I mean, look at Pirates of the Caribbean. That was down for about seven months. Six, seven months. Yeah, and that had three or four new additions to it. Yeah, but I mean, you can't say it was you know you know a lot changed. You know they put some new bits no, in, but, but it wasn't like it wasn't like what they're doing with. It, look at Frozen, right? Well, they changed that from Maelstrom, right? A lot of work took place in a relatively short amount of time. When I don't think we're going to see anything like that. I mean, I yeah, but they didn't have. But they didn't have to change the system in that. It's exactly the same ride system. Yeah, but I don't. But what I'm saying is, they didn't so, change anything in parts of the Caribbean either, in terms of the ride system. It was still down for a good long while. Um, you know, you could you could argue that you know because it's in France and you know French people that you know only work half the time anyway. Um, I love Phantom Manor, but I would not. I, you know, I'd go on record and say that if they decided to make it a permanent uh, Nightmare Before Christmas attraction, I wouldn't be upset. They won't do that. Because... I don't think it, it won't be going that far. No. I think they'll try and tell I the got story excited a bit for more. a minute then. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to make a trip to Disneyland Paris. I'd, to be honest, I think if that was what they were doing, they would be making a song and dance about it. Um... So I think Paul's probably right. They're probably I just going to try and tie it up. I think they might try and tie it into SEA. What do you mean? Paris hasn't got anything to do with that at the moment, and every single other park has. With what, sorry? And I think that's... With SEA, with C. The, the Adventurers Club. Right. Okay. It really wouldn't surprise me if they don't try and make Lord Ravencroft part of SEA. Okay. And tie it all up. Because at the moment there's nothing in Paris and every single other park has. Mm. Or at least 
the resort has. Paul, I don't know what you're talking about. So, you've got Mystic Manor. Right. You have the Tower of Terror in Tokyo. Uh-huh. The original Adventurers Club. Uh-huh. The Jungle Skipper's Canteen are all tied to the SEA. Paris hasn't got anything. SEA is basically a group of characters that have been introduced to certain rides across every single park. And Paris hasn't got anything to do with it at the moment. Okay. And with the fact that it now belongs to the Walt Disney Company, I think they will want to tie that in somewhere. And this is the golden opportunity for them to do it. Huh. I see. But seven... Uh, sorry. Was it a 12-month refer? No, it's a nine- to ten-month refer. Okay. It's a big refer. Well, that's what Paul's saying. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, the one thing about Phantom Manor, for me at least, is I don't think, maybe because of the language thing, I don't know, but I don't, I've never felt it's had a cohesive story. For me, it's always been more of a collection of scenes. With a very, very loose, you know, I know the story behind it, but to be honest, I know the story behind it because I've read up on it. Not because it's very obvious what's going on. So... Mm -hmm. I don't honestly remember remember it because it's been such a long time since I've been to Disneyland Paris. But if they're gonna make like big changes to it, I kind of wish that I would have gone to see it before. To be fair, in the last couple of years, it's not been great. Oh, and it really does need some work. I'd say it's the scariest version. Oh, it is. Oh, really? But compared to yeah. the other versions, it didn't hold up particularly well. The ride system wasn't working properly. Uh, it was very, very slow compared to how it used to be. Um, a lot of the figures weren't working properly. They haven't, still haven't upgraded to the projections for the busts mm. compared to the ones in the States. It does need a heck of a lot of work to update it. Yeah, the Dreamfinder was in it as well, Amanda. Huh? Dreamfinder was in it. What? Is he the voice? No. No, the Dreamfinder was <laughs> no, in No, his Phantom figure is in there. Yeah. An animatronic as is the Dreamfinder. Hatbox Ghost. Yes. Yeah. What, they have the Hatbox Ghost? Yeah, except it's not. It's just some <laughs> random phantom. But it was, it was the Hatbox Ghost. Just... Without the Hatbox. Yeah. Okay. They basically just used sculpts that they'd already got. Oh, I feel like I want to watch like a, a POV of this now. Because I, I honestly don't remember anything about it. I'd imagine there's probably some good ones online. And mm. there is a website um, called Doom Buggies, which goes into the history of every haunted mansion around the world. Oh, that's cool. And so that, and that's where I learned about the story about Disneyland Paris one, because I just didn't get the story. I'll tell you one other thing. Need, to, need to read Jason's book as well, Amanda. Yes, I do. 
There's, um, there's lots about all of them in there. There's a um, one of the things that I hope they do keep is the Phantom in the Tower. Well, not the tower, yep. but at the top of the manor. So if you stood in the right place, Amanda, mm-hmm. when you left the attraction, most people didn't. But if you went out and kind of followed it around the graveyard bit, um, if you looked back at the manor, uh, you waited long enough, the phantom would actually appear. He'd pull the curtain back and you could see him. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. So I'd like that to stay there because, you know, it was one of those things that a lot of people didn't even know about or didn't pay attention to. There's always a cool little trick, that one. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, if you want to lo- learn more about it, definitely that. And you'll see photos on there. And there might be some video. I've not been on there for a while. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good. But, yeah, long long refurb. Long refurb. Made a little cute little video for it as well, didn't they? They did, yeah. Of uh, the and groundskeeper the of Thunder Messer and closing the gates and locking up and pinning a clothesline on the, on the door. Ah. Yeah, because that's, actually that's another thing, Amanda. Like that, the Phantom Phantom Manor was all tied into that area. So like, it all tied into Big Thunder Mountain and everything. It was a big I, long story. I like that. Like yeah. I feel like that's what our haunted mansion needs because with the same before, like it doesn't really tie into anything. Like you could take Liberty Square out and it it wouldn't matter to the haunted mansion, even though it's part of Liberty Square. Yeah. Like. I wish that they would tie it in with things. Even they could even really loosely tie it into like Fantasyland if they wanted to. Like they could do something. Mm. But I love haunted mansions, so like I always want to learn about other haunted mansions. And I was kind of thinking about going to Disneyland Paris this year, but if it's going to be closed, then I might I might wait. I might wait till the end. Yeah. Of the there's a few things closed this year again to be honest i'd always advise going to disneyland paris if he was going during halloween anyway but it's just cold and i don't like cold uh it, it doesn't have to be october you can be really lucky you know i've been in october and walked around in a t-shirt really yeah and be, and not been cold so okay. you know you can you can be but i've also gone there and to wear thermal so you know but yeah, uh, you know, Halloween's a good time to go, and it, it, they do it nicely. It's not, you know, the same scale as America, but it's 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 nice, nice time to go. Um, but yeah, no, as as Dubs alluded to, it's not the only thing that's closed at the moment. No, isn't the Mickey and the Magician closed again today? Yep. Uh, for a few months. Why they do that, I do not know. We just I, keep it open all year. I think. It's because of the technicalities of the attraction. I think Uh, there's a lot of... From what I've seen and what I've been told about it, there's a lot of effects in that show which are... I'd like to say it's almost like a Broadway-type production in terms of some of the things they do with sets, but without the level of expertise. Yeah, I, I still don't understand it why it has to be down for two or three months mm. it just it really doesn't make sense unless it costs a lot to to put on i don't know it doesn't stop any of the other parks from doing it well except the disneyland paris doesn't make money or hasn't made money before. but that shouldn't make any difference now that it's under the walt disney company agreed 
but maybe this was that was kind of that's one of the last things of the old regime. Yeah, because the thing no, is, if like... you, everyone like so for that show, I know like a lot of their live shows, they're contracted, so they're contracted to do so many performances in a, in a certain amount of time. So if those contracts are done a year in advance, which is possible, um, you know, it could be something as simple as that. Yeah. It's the same as the Cinemagic Theatre sat there for nearly a year now. With nothing in it. Mm. Yeah, but it's because they've been doing stuff in it. You know, we are going to see that reopening in the summer, so... Yeah. There is that. Um, and also speaking about things that are closing, although this one's never coming back, is the Chaparral Theatre. Yeah, that's been knocked down and rebuilt to, into something. Whether it keeps the same name, I don't know. But again, that's another one that has a show on for about two months and then it's closed for six months. I've never seen it open once. They used to show Tarzan in it quite often. Quite quite a lot throughout the year. But once they stopped showing Tarzan, then it's been a very infrequent theatre. It went... You had... Obviously, for a couple of months, you have the Frozen sing-along. Mm-hmm. And then the other the forest of enchantment yeah for a couple of months and then everything in between that is closed mm. even that whole area is closed because i went down there a couple of times over the last year while i was a annual pass holder and you couldn't even get into the little like frozen market thing it was all blocked off that whole bit's weird and i'll have to see them do something with that because i remember trying to go to pablo trading post because yeah. when I was into Vinylmations, or when that was a big thing, that was like, oh, that's a place to go to. That's a place to go to. And it was open two days a week. Yeah. Once you, you get past the Cowboy Cookout, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you wouldn't know it's there. You had the, the Critter bit, which has been derelict for years. Yeah, I remember the first time I went, that was open. And in fact, the second time we went for Christmas, and that was open, that's where Santa was. Well, it still is where he is. That's where they put Santa's uh, cabin, is in that yeah. bit. But, um, you know, that was a petting zoo yeah. when it first opened. And it's just now, it's it, you know, for nine months of the year, it's just derelict. And yeah. then Father Christmas arrives. Yeah. Kind yeah. of like uh, the uh, Mark Twain that got pulled out of dry dock this morning. Yes. Another derelict bit of Disneyland Paris. Mm. Um, I believe we weren't sure, but I've read that apparently the Molly Brown is going into dry dock for some repairs and they've only got room for one boat. Doesn't surprise me. So the Mark Twain has had to come out and show everybody what a bad state it's in. <laughs> Having been in there for about five years. Man, if you've not seen the pictures of it, um, think uh, about Halloween Horror Nights this year. Mm-hmm. It looks like that. Oh, what? You know, um, oh, what was it called? Dead Waters. Dead Waters. My favourite house. How could I forget? Uh, but yeah, it looks a bit like that. Oh, that's a shame. Mm. Yeah. I don't want to go do with that one. Yes. But saying that, we're talking about all these closures, it looks like they're bringing more characters out in the parks. Maybe it's compensation? I don't know. Mm-hmm. In Disneyland Paris? Mm. 
Maleficent's out at the moment in front of All the castle the every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's somebody... That was a, that was one of those kind of characters that you would only get at Halloween, wasn't it, Paul? Yeah. Yeah. She usually is in the courtyard behind the castle. Mm. So wow. the fact that she's out, you know, permanently, you know, for the foreseeable future. Um, and I, I did read somewhere else that there's... Yeah, they're talking about kind of... Um, yeah, m- more characters coming out, more rarer characters. Um, I think it's what it needs. Um, and photo pass photographers as well. Yeah, again, a lot been of, a few out. Hearing a lot of complaints about that, that, you know, recently of there not being many of those around. So hopefully this is the start of things to come. Hopefully. No, they had, they had one outside Phantom Manor on closing day. Hmm. I had one at the castle again, but again, that's they're the only two that I've heard of recently. Hmm. Wow. Should we move on to the little rumor that I don't think Amanda's going to like <laughs> regarding Tower of Terror? Oh, what is it now? Um, <laughs> Disneyland Paris is still set to close theirs for refurb at the end of this year. Mm. With the rumour that it will no longer be Guardians of the Galaxy replacing it. Huh. Um, they are unsure, but it's believed that it's been changed due to the fact that they have done a deal with Hollywood Studios to do it in tandem and what? replace oh. the Walt Disney World version as well. What? <gasps> due to the licensing deal running out. Yeah. Replace it with what? With a whole new storyline. What the fuck? A whole new storyline. But no Guardians of the Galaxy. No Mm. Guardians of the Galaxy. You're right, I don't like this. Like I don't like that it's gonna change, but if it's gonna change I at least want friggin' Guardians of the Galaxy. By the way, did anyone did anyone have Amanda did anyone have Amanda in the pool for the first one to drop an F bomb this year? <laughs> because that that came out of nowhere. I'm I'm very impressed, Amanda. Um, you I'm didn't so drop F bombs when she used to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Most sober one. So um, I think you're a good, you're a good drunk, Amanda. From not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a bad sober. My feelings, like I loved I loved Tara Tara so much, and you know, I, I've been protesting about it the last year. Like I'm going to be so angry if it gets replaced with Guardians. But I'm just saying I'm going to be twice as angry if it gets replaced and it's something crap that's not even Guardians. Boss baby. Um, <laughs> Me and Nick spent about 10-15 minutes chatting about this the other day and we came up with a few ideas, didn't we, Nick? We did indeed. Obviously the most obvious one is Avatar. No. Uh, <laughs> no, what was yours, Paul? Uh, well, my first idea was now that Fox is part of Disney... Uh, American Horror Story Hotel was my idea. Yeah, something with a horror theme. I'd be, I'd be less. So let's just get it straight. Walt Disney Company. I'm totally against this. Me and Amanda, we're totally against it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm drunk. She's sober. So you've got a good cross section of opinions here. <laughs> but if you do have to change it, change it for something creepy. So, like, couldn't you keep all of the decoration exactly as it is? Like, keep everything yeah. the same, but just take out Twilight Zone. Yeah. 
That's the thing. Like, uh, uh, that's fine. Yeah. Would you be? But then I thought I thought Nick's idea was genius. I liked my idea, but I would do because it was my idea. But my idea, bearing in mind again, similar kind of deals to what PWs is alluding to. But what they turned it into a treehouse of horror themed attraction. If the decoration was exactly the same. Well, it'd have to change a little bit. It's based on a cartoon. Mm, no. Just got to change the movie not... in the library. Keep everyone else exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just kind of dub, dub over Rod Serling. Yeah. Oh. He's computer generated anyway. Mark Silverman will be, uh, will be elated to hear that. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I just think it could work. Cause I mean, and I'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast before, but you know, before it was a Twilight Zone attraction, the original concept was it was going to be Mel Brooks. It was going to be a Mel Brooks, uh, based on an, an original concept, but it was going to be a, almost like a slapstick type, uh, haunted hotel. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was called, but you know that that kind of theme. Before they went with the Twilight Zone theme, so if they did that, um, but what they did is, you know, they they it was it was Simpson fired instead. I think it could work. I just want it to stay as it is. I know, but Amanda, not everything not everything can stay the same. I like I don't like change. I'm just putting that out there. Like, I don't like change. But, like, remember when... I don't like change goes Hall- to Halloween Horror Nights every year. Some things stay the same. They're still Twisted Taters. As long Whoa. as some things stay the same, I'm okay. But, like, remember when California's Tower Terror was closing and they had, like, the Silver Lake sisters come out and do a performance and everyone was like, why wasn't this, like, a regular occurrence all the time? Like, this has made the attraction so much better. And now you're just going to close it. Like, why couldn't we make up a whole backstory that's got nothing to do with Twilight Zone? Like, there already kind of is. Like, the, it's got its own story. Just got Twilight that, attached to it. That leads us on to our third option, doesn't it, Nick? Does it? Do the the to- Tokyo version. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. What, Which what? is a completely different story. The high tower same, hotel. Same ride. Yeah, same ride, but it doesn't have the to- uh, Twilight Zone attached to it. Yes, okay. Tokyo, Tokyo never had the Twilight Zone. No. Oh, no. But I'm cool with that. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but... If it's... Is it fundamentally the same? Does it look the same? Yes. Pretty much, it's yeah. a it's a little oriental looking. Yeah, um, it's not it's not uh, it's not Hollywood looking because of no. its location. But yes, otherwise there are a fair few similarities. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, I'm down with that yeah. one. I think we could be persuaded. Yeah, Amanda. Mm-hmm. And the big, we could be persuaded the, on that one. The, the big problem, and I don't know why. You know, I don't I don't know whose decision it was to do it like this, but they took an existing property which wasn't theirs you know at least with that Mel Brooks concept that would have been their own creation it would have had an endorsement but it would have been an original concept by buying the Twilight Zone rights they backed themselves right into a corner because it was something they had no control over and as luckily like it does not 
an awful lot of Twilight Zone in it. Really? No. Yeah. Except for like the beginning bit. Yes. Yeah. And well, like the obviously obviously his voice like talking over through a rabbit that that's easily changed. Well the fifth you've got the fifth dimension in Disney World and you've also got all the full what is it? Fourth dimension? Fifth. What's what's that bit? Fifth. Fifth dimension. I was right the first time. Um you've got that and obviously you've got the you've got other things to do with the Twilight Zone in it, like based around the title sequence. So like the Starfield and everything like that. So there are a few things in there that are, are definitely Twilight Zone. The music as well. Um, but the original... The story of the attraction is a homage to the Twilight Zone more than anything else. But they back themselves into that corner because, you know, as, as Paul said, the reason why this is happening is because the rights are coming up for renewal and the asking price is going to be too high. Um... At, probably because of this new version they're doing with um, Peel. Are they going to be too high though? Like, are they actually because it's Disney and Disney have got an awful lot of money? Doesn't matter. But Amanda, like, let, let's just say for argument's sake, CBS turned around and said, "Yes, you can keep the Twilight Zone. You just need to pay us two million dollars for the privilege for the next three years." Yeah, no one's saying Disney can't afford that money, but why would you spend three million on keeping the name of an attraction the same? It's ludicrous. Well, how much would you spend on changing it? <laughs> Less than that. Mm. And also, as well, then you don't have to worry about having to renew it in a few more years. It's the I right feel, thing, guys. Like, it's the right thing. You know thing. when we did the E.T. episode and we're on a massive rant about how like E.T. was like I'm super attached to it because of my childhood and blah 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 well MGM was my favourite park when I was growing up and I feel like everything in MGM has been taken away from me and if they take the Tower of Terror away from me I'm going to flip but you've got to remember another thing there is E.T. is a universal bloody property it so just honestly knock the words Twilight Zone off <laughs> Keep everything else the same. You've Keep my cobwebs in the lobby. You've still got to change a few more bits. So what you're saying is, as long as the lobbies are the same, you don't really care. As long as the lobby's the same and the ride's the same, and you just change the voices and take out the Twilight Zone bits, that's fine by me. Yeah, keep it creepy. Yeah. Minimal changes. And just change the like, keys of the music, because I like the music. I don't want that to change too much, but like, just change a few keys of it and then we're fine. I think keep it creepy was Harvey Weinstein's favourite expression. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I think that's what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it is because we've speculated about it. But on that note, Paul, one thing I did read about today from Disney and Moore, who's kind of like the Jim Hill of Disneyland Paris, um, is that he has not heard those rumours himself. Um. Well, so what you're saying is, if you just upset me for no reason, well, well, no, because it, it was still change the guardians. <laughs> yeah, Paris is still going to change one way or another. And and look, at the end of the day, Disney World will have to change at some point for that reason that we just talked about. So whether it's the same time as Paris or not, it's going to have to change at some point. I'm angry about this. I can hear it in your very quiet voice. <laughs> was was that it for news from Disneyland Paris, Mrs. P Dubs? 
Yeah, other than I think the big one that I'm quite sure you're going to mention shortly. No. That we haven't talked about yet. Oh, but the days. The days. Mm, yeah, I suppose <laughs> we should talk about it. Um, so, yeah, Fan Days has kind of been announced. Now, I didn't realise. I, I thought Fan Days was a Disney event. Yeah, I think everybody did to start with. It's not. It's not. It's our favourite Arabian prince. No, sorry, our second favourite Arabian prince. Uh, yes. Behind it. The one that's currently behind bars. Yeah. <laughs> pulling, still pulling the strings. Um, yeah. What What on earth are you two talking about? Right, so you know that Disneyland Paris was... Um, the biggest shareholder in Disneyland Paris was a company called Kingdom Holdings, which no. was so uh, quick, very very quick history lesson. You can read about it more in my book if it ever gets published. Okay. Is that uh, in 1995? No, 1993 to 1994, Disneyland Paris was or Euro Disney as it was at the time was very very close to bankruptcy. Like. You know, they were getting the padlocks ready to put on the doors. It, it was a gunner. It was going. Um, unless it got bowed out, it was just losing, hemorrhaging money like you wouldn't believe. So, uh, in the end, they asked for, you know, help and people to, to bail it out. And uh, a Saudi prince, very wealthy Saudi prince called Prince Benimel Dean. Thanks for correcting me, Pete Dubs. Um, I haven't got a clue. Okay. Uh, I was going to say Prince Ali. Yeah, no, not that one. That's my favourite one. Um, so, um, this Saudi prince and uh, his company, Kingdom Holdings, invest in lots of different uh, bits and pieces, and they bought a 10% share in Disneyland Paris. Um, it might have been a bit more, actually. But basically, the, the financial injection kept it afloat. Um and he was for years the biggest shareholder, the biggest single shareholder in Disneyland Paris. Um, so he's got very strong connections with them, obviously, over the years. Um, friends with Michael Jackson, all that kind of jazz. So they host these events, or they've hosted these events in previous years, that are, um, you know, for him and you know his his wealthy friends and and, and everything like that to uh have the parts themselves and have special character meet and greets and all this kind of stuff um and obviously no one's been able to afford to go no one ever really knew they kind of existed but now under the new ownership um there's been pressure to make this event a public event hmm. and so hence this is what disney fan days is so it's a an extended version of what uh, they used to do before at the moment they've only announced pricing for you to go if you are buying a package two day event is it a Friday and a Saturday uh, or Saturday and Sunday so. it's the I'm first weekend sure. in June anyway um, yeah. but at the moment the packages per person are about £800 uh, the cheapest one is three six four. Oh, okay, that's cheap. That's, that's the classic one. So you, that's your ticket in, yep. your hotel stay, tickets to the park on normal days, photo pass plus, and a lanyard and pin. And that's that's one night, two days in the Santa Fe. Yeah, so that's the cheapest hotel, cheapest Disney hotel and property as well. Um, so yes, that's that's per person. Um, packages do go up depending on what hotel you stay in. 
Um, and there's, what package you buy. Yeah, because that is the basic package. There are deluxe packages, and there's also talks, aren't there? Yes, there's there are panels. Imagineers, yeah. So an Imagineer panel and um, a Duffy and Friends panel, which you've got to pay, I think they're £25 each on top. Yeah. Something like uh, that. Yeah, that's separate. There it is. Conferences. Yeah. So it's only if you get like the the deluxe deluxe package, which I think starts about eight hundred pounds, that gets you into those as well, and you get free food, I think. Yeah, um, that one I did say it. themed packages. The most expensive one is the ultimate Fantasia package, which at your cheapest, it's two nights and three days in Santa Fe at nine hundred sixty-six pound per person. There you go. Um, there's a few, ex- you know, there are exclusive things happening. They they've said that it's going to be exclusive meets and greets with couches you don't normally see at the parks. Uh, a world's first as well. They've been hinting at uh, characters never never been seen together at Disney Park uh, until this event. There's a Ducktales dance party. There's a, a disco thing hosted by Goofy. Um, you know, exclusive merchandise, all that kind of jazz. Um, it it sounds good, but I think a lot of people are kind of uh, upset with the pricing. And at the moment, as we said, they've only announced pricing if you buy a package. They've not announced pricing for buying tickets separately, which a bit like the the Run Disney event. <laughs> yeah, they're not catering, not come, uh, really uh, helping their their fans. Considering it's called Fan Days, yes. you'd expect more people with annual passes would be going to this. Yeah, so it really doesn't... At, at the moment, like, yeah, you're not really getting the benefits of your annual pass holder because you're not able to get your, your discount on your hotel stay because you're buying a package. Um, yeah, it does seem like you get a bit of a rough deal. Um, it just It just seems a bit odd to me. I was really looking forward to this event, but I don't know if I'm going to bother. Honest. No. Not not at the prices that they are. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens because the backlash has been pretty vocal on, on social media. I've not seen anyone excited by the news. I've not seen anybody say that they're going. Disney Brit said they were going. Well, that was before hmm. the, the prices come out. <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah. So so man, have we sold it to you? Are you going now? Um. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. We will keep you updated on that as and when the story changes and develops. But, uh, yeah, certainly for now, it's uh, a bit of a damp squib. But speaking of damp squibs, I wanted to end this week's show with Mr. D, who, as we said earlier in the show, has finally seen Guardians of the Galaxy, only four years late. <laughs> only. So, Mr. D, what did you think of Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh yeah, I well so going back to when it came out in the cinema, I saw the trailer and I thought that looks utter shit. I'm, I'm, I don't want to see that. So the trailer really did put me off, and then various people, you know, including yourself, Nick, big fans of it when it came out, and I'd heard enough to be convinced that there had to be something good in it. So yeah, I finally watched it on Blu-ray. Um, this last weekend and really enjoyed it I thought it was great um, was blown away by just 
the visuals. I think it's a even though it's four years old, it's still a fantastic looking film. Oh yeah, and really really funny, great music, good characters, good story. Um, loved Groot. Um, yeah, so looking forward now to to volume two. Which I think you did. You not buy that as well? No, no, I didn't. Ah. No, I, bought, I bought the two Trons. Right. Yes. Sorry. But I, no, yeah. still got to get volume two. Yeah. Good stuff. We got that to look forward to. Yeah. So volume two versus the original volume one. It's very did mixed. You in uh, yeah. you get some people that think it's better than the first. Uh-huh. Uh, and others that think it's it's not quite as good. It, it's a good film, no matter which way you cut yeah. it. It's it's a good sequel. Yeah. I have only seen it once. I only saw it at the cinema. I've, I've I've owned it. I bought it the day it came out on bloody Blu-ray. Mm. I, I forgot I pre-ordered it, um, so I've got it. But we haven't actually sat down and watched it again yet. Um, just we just haven't had time with the kids and stuff. We've just not had time to watch it. Not that we haven't got the desire to. I remember really enjoying it, but. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't say whether or not it's better than the first. I will say, it's probably got the best opening sequence to a film in mm-hmm. in living memory. Well, James Gunn did a fantastic job on that opening scene. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 a delight, an absolute delight. Well, um, Amanda, you've seen both of them, haven't you? Yes, I what, have. What would you say? What my favorite is out of both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh. I liked both of them in different ways. I love Baby Groot, so like, because Baby Groot was obviously in two more. I liked two because of that. Fair point. Fair point. Mm-hmm. But well, I like the story of one better. Hmm. I think it feels a bit fresher, uh-huh. but that's because you're not really expecting what you get from it. Yeah. It's not a traditional superhero film. I think that's why it stands out. But over to Mister Marvel. Uh, I will pick the second one. I wasn't a huge fan of the first one. Um, just, just felt it was a little bit higgledy piggledy. It was some of the acting wasn't great either. Um, in the first one, the second one's much more coherent. It's got a a great storyline all the way through. I'm not a fan of Ego, the villain mm. in the second one. Oh, I thought you meant but... the podcast that Craig and me <laughs> do. Okay. Mm. Where you named after him? Um, I wouldn't want to be. Um, but I just I felt the characters were better. There was they were much more rounded, and and some of the side characters I felt were more rounded in the second one as well. In in the likes of Yondu and Nebula, I thought were much better in the second ones than they were in the first. So for for that reason, I picked the second one. Yeah, I think you definitely get an improvement in Drax. I love Drax in the first, yeah. but I think he's far superior in the second. And what I will say, Mr. D, uh, for you getting excited for it, is um, I think uh, Guardians 2 is some of the best of that um, facial reconstruction stuff, the de-aging they do, mm-hmm. that I've seen in any film. It's really, right. really well done. Yeah. Um, in fact, what you should do is you should watch... Uh, go and watch Tron, if you've never seen it before. The first Tron. And then, yeah, I've seen the first one, but never the second one. Okay, so watch it again to refresh your memory. Then go and watch Guardians Volume 2, so you know what I'm talking about with, with that work. And then go and watch Tron Legacy. And you can see how far it's come. Because Tron Legacy has probably got the worst example of that I've ever seen. 
<laughs> I love that film so much. But um yeah, when they de-aged um Oh god. The dude, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Um, yeah, when they de-age him in, in Tron in the opening sequence, um it's terrible. In the rest of the film it's it's fine, but in the opening sequence it looks it looks really really bad. So you can see how far that technology's come. But um yeah, a lot of things I, I like about or I loved about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um but I'm not sure in what order I put them. Both but I, I enjoyed both of them immensely, so you're in for a treat when you get around to seeing it. Good on. Um Right, I think that about covers it unless there was anything from anyone else that was Deemed. Just the last, just the last snippet. Movie, movie rumor, strongly rumored. Mm-hmm. Um, Ridley Scott for uh, for the Merlin movie mm. director. So the new Disney Merlin King Arthur story. It's the film I think we've all been waiting for. You know, since since Disney started redoing their live action. You know, animated films into live action. I think everyone was saying, "When are we going to get a Merlin film?" And uh, yeah, does anyone actually care, really? <laughs> Honestly, be good. Oh, is it though? Like, I I like Sword in the Stone. It's probably the the Disney film I watched the most when I was a little kid. Used to always get it out of the video shop, um, mainly because and a man who will never know the struggles. You know, you didn't get many Disney films come out on video. Um, but I have a I have a soft spot for that film, but um, just the story of King Arthur and Merlin just been done to death, hasn't it? Yeah, but I I like that, so I'd watch it. Okay. okay. I hope they put a slightly different spin on it. Yeah. Okay. It's really Scott that bears animorph in it. <laughs> well, that's now now will be owned by Disney in a few months, so who knows? Maybe yeah. you're right. Um. And on that note, I think we should leave it there. So thank you, um, yeah. thank you all for for being on here for this very short episode of Dis After Dark. Uh, thank you, dear listener, if you made it this far through. Um, look, we've been off for a few weeks. We're a bit rusty, all right. Just, just, just give us a little bit of a break. Cheers. We'll be all right soon, and uh, we'll see you with another episode shortly. And uh, I believe a Universe After Dark. Hopefully, in the immediate future. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So look out for that as well. If you haven't already downloaded it, download Strike. Um, check out Pop. Check out Ego, and uh, we'll see you all soon. Bye. TTFN. I'm Mary Poppinjol, and I'm Leia Poppinjol. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support us and the other After Dark Podcast Network shows, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's P-A-T-R-E-R-N dot com slash disafterdark. As well as supporting the show, there are other goodies available, including badges and soon t-shirts available as a thank you for your support.
This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.